Previously on A Little Bit of Anime, we fell into fall with a new fall anime rundown. Your hosts, Monica and Elijah, tried out their own superpower team-ups, but were unable to make the final cut. They swallowed their tears and came back to the show with new determination to reach their goals and your hearts. Stay tuned for a new episode of A Little Bit of Anime. This show is brought to you by Arise Fine Cutlery. Did you ever cut something and regret it instantly? Welcome to Arise Fine Cutlery. Our blades are made so sharp, they cut through the molecular bonds holding an item together. If you change your mind, simply hold the pieces next to each other and watch the bonds reconnect and the item become whole once more. After generations of perfecting their swordsmithing, the Arise family name knows what makes a good blade, and now they believe those blades should be used for practical everyday use in your kitchen. Orion Fine Cutlery, where we make knives because only swords kill people. Cutting between molecular bonds takes extreme skill in mastering the bladed arts. Why do you say you said last time we're back and you sung it? Now we're off. Is that like the trend for the show now? Is that what we're gonna do? I never know what we're gonna do until I just do it. That I do believe. So it <laughs> uh, is Elijah Bailey and the the illustrious, incomparable, amazing Monica Robinson from what show? Uh, a little bit of anime. A little bit. A little bit of anime. And today we have a special two part episode where um, we are bringing in who? We are bringing in um, the Warrior Way podcast co-host of Elijah Bailey, Emily Stengel. Yes, Yay. and let, let's let's give it to him one time. We are Hoya, Hoya the, the Warrior, Warrior Way, Way podcast. podcast. See, that sounds beautiful. I, know, well, you. I mean, do you do that every time? Pretty why would much. Why would you be asking? Because you listen to our <laughs> podcast, right? I do. <laughs> okay, so um, but we had a special crossover for the show. I mean, what better way to? Um, talk about martial arts, weapons, techniques, um, survival, warriorship, then with anime, which some of them are closely based on their actual ties to Japanese culture or Chinese culture. And then some of them just take influences from being a warrior or doing martial arts. So that's where this whole idea came from. And we had a huge think tank one night um, and then went from there. And so now you're here joining us. This is the Hoya Warrior, a little bit of Anime Way podcast. Yeah, awesome. special one-time show. That's right. Episode <laughs> 10 for you guys that have been keeping up. So for both shows, this is our 10th episode. So how's what that? Because I, po- I have two podcasts that are over 10 mm-hmm. episodes. So of the new ones, how's that feel? Uh, let's start with Emily because you, you opened the show. So yes, how's it feel to be on episode 10? It feels special. Why? <laughs> like what? Did we're you... finally in double digits. Yeah. We made it. Did you think we were going to get here? Yeah, I did. <laughs> what about you? How's it feel, Monica? It feels really good. You to know? finally be important. I've been important. No, the no, time. no, no, no. She no, is no. important. Only, <laughs> what are you only... talking about? I'm a star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sailor Universe over here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the the very much uh, big-headed Sailor Scout that can't oh. <laughs> fit in her uniform that has to stay at home. Oh. Because of your big head, not... Your body, like what? whoa! Oh, You're just oh, making it dude. so much oh, worse. Oh, out, out, out of the room, oh, out of the room right no. now. You oh, do God, not, you do not See, know the kind happens. of man hating that's gonna start showing up. <laughs> Where's those cutlery uh, knives now? Right? See, you <laughs> right? guys don't know how it feels to be in a room with two women. We know you're watching it. No, I'm joking. But hey, I'm around women all the time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, <laughs> See, people this... are gonna think I'm egomaniac now. You are. And Fat. No, because I'm talking about your me head. Fat on the podcast. I said big head. I say you can't fit into your uniform. The right. tiara is like the main deal. Don't they shoot beams out of it and use it to throw and stuff like that? Only the one. Well, your head can't fit that. Sailor Universe should have a very level head. Shouldn't be cocky and arrogant. So you shouldn't be it. That's what they gave me in my I'm performance. I'm not going to be Sailor Moon or a Sailor Scout. I don't look good in oh, skirts. <laughs> he was in the you uh, do a high no kick. Killers, and then, high defense club. Yeah, that's that's more like it because they're they have like the, uh, the bracelet. Yeah, the, <sighs> the kiss on the bracelet. Oh okay, so let's 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 sidetrack right away. Yeah. <laughs> So we picked uh, several. Well, before we do that, mm-hmm. um, how was the con? How was WizardCon? WizardCon was great. It was actually Wizard World, which is a comic con. Uh, it was awesome. I was out there with PSR, uh, with Psychometric Studios, and we were um, we were talking about uh, getting into game development. 
So I got to be on the podcast. I had some people show up and ask me questions, personally about the voice part. But um, that was really good. It was a lot of fun. Of course, it was Comic-Con. So we met, you know, James Marsons, who is uh, Spike from Buffy. And um, uh, Will Friedel, who... um, Boy Meets World. He was the older brother. Yep. He was also Ron Stoppable. Oh my yes. gosh. Uh, Joey from NSYNC. Oh. Billy Boyd. We got to meet. I, I met Henry Winkler, which was a personal oh, goal of mine. Oh my god. Oh, he was beautiful. I got to just. Oh, he's just so cute. <laughs> how, how old is he now? I don't. I didn't ask. The Fonz doesn't age. He's actually, and I, I don't think he's gonna be upset about this. He's. A lot, like he's 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 listening right now. Yeah, um, he is. I mean, this is the show that all the, <laughs> the celebrities listen to. He's but. a little shorter than what you thought. Than what you thought. Yeah, he's like his eyes like looked straight at my to chin. your boobs. No, oh, okay. not that short. He <laughs> okay. was like straight at my chin. I was like, you're just so cute. And it, it was wonderful. <laughs> I listened to a panel. I didn't get to meet him, but I listened to a panel with William Shatner, and I heard him take. Oh up. my god. He decided the shat. Like I was, I came in at the end of a question, so I just hear him going off on all these stories, and at the end he goes, "Now you're no longer a virgin." I was like, "Oh, yes. <laughs> apparently this guy's like, I don't know anything about Star Trek." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and he just you were like, "You like, no, the, I'm not." Yeah, at the end he was like, "I just took your Star Trek virginity," and I was there like, "Whoa, Will Shatner, <laughs> what did I just step into?" <laughs> ask, ask my parents first. <laughs> yeah, right? Come to my house. Like, surely there's dinner involved. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's not. Not for Will Shatner. <laughs> oh my god that's awesome i wish i could have come but i mean just being busy and everything going on but it was cool because you posted a live video on facebook mm-hmm. and what room you guys would be in what room and what hall oh i got full to it. well not full full but it was it was pretty crowded. It was really good yeah. yeah and and again uh you were with mike and aubrey who mm-hmm. were our first guest on a little bit of anime episode yes. two so go check them out and hear about how they the uh, psychometrics interactive studios came to be, but I mean that's, that's in our awesome. first game, Psycho Cats Racing is um, going to be releasing on Halloween night, October thirty first. Nice, that's awesome. So we will post up when that comes out. On, we'll, we'll post up a link so we can go yeah, to yeah. it. This is going to be on the website. It's are free we, to play. Are we going to post the link like we did to your audition? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I told I you to keep I played my audition in the thing. And so, then, okay, so you know, you're whatever. you're putting all of it on the listener. Like, you guys should have listened to the episode of your audition. <laughs> this this is what YouTube Sailor video. Universe does. <laughs> Sailor Universe blames everybody well, else. I, I don't – I have, like, no concept of time sometimes. So I think I can do things, and then I have plenty of time, and then, and then like, the, it's time it, for yeah. it to happen, and it, nothing's done. And I'm like, ah. Yeah, I mean, it happens, though. I mean, when you're watching anime and you're having fun, right. that's what happens. Right. I mean, a little bit of work, but – a little bit. We are trying to lead you into the purest of otaku lives as possible. <laughs> Become a recluse. Become a neat. It's very important to most animes that there's one person who's a shut-in. Yes. I mean, that's, uh, that, that's just the way life is. Okay, so we talked enough about the Wizarding mm-hmm. World Con of Harry Potter. <laughs> no, uh, Tulsa oh, Wizard World uh, Comic Con, which I want to go to next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, we want to get into you know our main discussion because we have a lot of shows that we want to talk do. about. Heck yeah. How does anime tie into the correctness of martial arts or warriorship and how, how well are these shows represented? Um, and we, we comprised the list and then we whittled it down and then we extended it and whittled it back down. Um, but our first show was one that we could all agree on, which was made here in the States, but is also considered anime uh, because of the style that it went into is Avatar, The Last Airbender. It depends. In the United States, there's still that big debate because they say, no, it's not from Japan. So, oh, it's not anime. Yeah, but that's just an exclusivity Japan- deal because they did it all on, on Nick Jr., most most globally yeah. known, it's it's anime. Yeah, they're like, yeah. no, it's anime. because of the style, not nationality. Yeah, because most of the stuff we still consider anime comes in from China or Korea. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and this is one that was really well represented of martial arts because they took from <clears throat> several different uh, cultures and actually had um, mm-hmm. martial artists come in and do the actual moves and draw from that and try to figure out how they could create a structure or society based on martial arts that didn't have any weapons, uh, but also had like a little bit of fantasy magical power mm-hmm. in it. No magical I mean, girl Aang or magical had, guys. Yeah, I mean, Aang had a staff, so 
plenty of weapons. No, but I mean like guns. That uh, didn't come well, until I mean, Korra. Uh, oh yeah. my goodness, what was? Oh, yeah, no guns, but um, Sokka and then his girlfriend. Oh yeah, boomerang. The boomerang and then Suki. Which which Suki. one? Suki. Yeah, Suki. yeah. She had the fighting fans. Of... Tessens. Okay, yeah. so what what I mean by weapons is like actual guns. Oh. Okay. Like in martial arts, you do have the well, traditional weapons. Uh, oh, towards yeah, the end, <laughs> yeah. But they were, but all it was was a person standing inside <laughs> with his doing flame, Mar- <laughs> uh, Mario flamethrowers. <laughs> yeah, so that was true. <laughs> that that, rude. <laughs> that is the cheapest thing. <laughs> trying to, oh my oh, god, that was a tank in the that lake. That was a tank. <laughs> That's like me. Like, didn't they have hot air balloons though? Yeah, and they used and air steam bending. engines, but and trains. but those aren't weapons though. No. Now, didn't the yeah. Fire Nation come up with the hot air balloons, and then they would like, and then they would shoot food? through their fists down. Mm-hmm. With, so it's still actual like chi, internalized chi that turned mm-hmm. into something. You guys are so see. This is what they're gonna do. They're gonna gang up me, on me the whole time, exactly, and try to prove this BS. You did call me fat. No, I didn't. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you work with Monica. So if you guys want a, a, a VA that is not self-indulged and self-entitled, just talk to me. I'll do the job. No. But, um, yeah, so tell us a little bit more about Avatar. Because me and Monica, again, her ego has led me to try to bring her back down to reality. We've been talking way too much. Emily, we need to yeah. hear from you. She's Hi, sitting yeah. right next to you, and she has turned her back towards you. And taking selfies of herself while Not we record. True. You make me sound so vain. Gosh. No, I'm talking to Monica's doing that to you. Oh, oh. Did you guys not get that? No. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. And I'm sitting here staring at her. I know, and, and like, then Emily like thinks, opening up the floor. I don't know. I think it's because you're talking the most. Oh. I got to tie this deal together. Okay, so <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about Avatar, The Last Airbender, the, uh, the journey of Aang. Basically, it's in a fantasy world. It kind of the map actually kind of looks like the map of the world. You have um, small islands, which are like the Fire Nation. The world's basically has four different vend- vendors: fire, earth, water, and air. And basically, it's about this one guy named Aang. He is the Avatar, which means he has control of all the elements. So the world's really needing him, but he gets trapped into an iceberg. And a hundred years later, a brother and sister, Katara and Sokka, they end up finding him in the ice, and he breaks up free along with his flying bison. And basically, they're trying to make the world right again because the Fire Nation is trying to uh, trying to take over the world. Basically, so it's up to Aang and his friends to basically stop the Fire Nation. So when I first watched Avatar, I thought it was the journey of because it's not a guy. I mean. He's a boy, but he's, he's a kid. 12. He's like 12. And so him running from problems because he's expected to, uh, great things of him. Just like in mm-hmm. most Chinese um, you know, movies Parables. they show. Yeah. Like you are expected to do this from birth because you have the markings, you have the ties or whatever it mm-hmm. is. And so he was running from his responsibility because he couldn't process the fact that he's supposed to save everybody. And it was fear that led him to run off and then get trapped in, in a, a swirl of water and then ice. And then he gets found by... The, the brother and sister Sokka and mm-hmm. and the lovely what is she blood bending water Katara. bending Katara. ice bending like she by the end of the show she had done just as much as Aang and then they got together I know canonically they got together but I totally ship for Katara and Zuko same year oh my word mm, I could the see same. that because she did yeah. they had to she tried to heal his scar and then they were stuck together, and she kind of found out about Zuko. Well, when you bring in fire and water, you get yeah. steam. Mm, I like that. I like that. But yeah, when you do actually, air and water, you get cold water. <laughs> so, I mean, that's refreshing. So. Yeah, well, actually, the producers were actually kind of thinking about doing something between Katara and Zuko rather than Katara and Aang, but I guess it just oh, didn't I bet there's out. some stuff that happened between both of them before Aang and oh, Katara got married. I mean, it could happen. Look at him. He's a he's a young, bald guy. He has a bison. He is the savior of the world. What's not to love? So when we talk about uh, the anime, what did you see that, that you could relate to actual martial arts? Because you're a martial artist as mm-hmm. well, Monica. I, I don't think we've said it on this show um, at all. We might have we mentioned might have it. mentioned it. Yeah. But how did that make you feel? Because I thought this was the very first martial arts anime that I got to see that was presented in a way that it's kid-friendly, but it's also accurate. Right. A lot of the shows that we watch, even including Dragon Ball, they, like, they do have like the, the uh, like a martial arts theme and a base, but somewhere along the lines, they'll turn into My Power Ball's Bigger. Yeah. And this is the one show where it is, is 
stayed focusing on techniques and I loved how you continuously grew and like I said Zuko is probably my favorite character since he has so much growing he was not a prodigy no kidding um but even above that above all the bending they had so many characters that were not benders they didn't have the superpower that that those people born with that ability do but they were still top-notch fighters when you talk about Sokka he had no water bending ability he was a great tactician Mm -hmm. he used that he became a swordsman. Um, uh, Suki was just a fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was her name? Ty Lee? Uh, she could block one? off their chi points. She yeah, yeah. Ty Lee. Like she and then was, you had yeah. Toph that was the first mm-hmm. bender to go from earth to metal bending and you right. know finding mm-hmm. any kind of... Right. But yeah. there there was people, your layman people, that they still were top-notch and they were still a force to be reckoned with, even without bending. And then you know, it was all very um, cohesive that way. It was very realistic for everyone. Yeah, and I think it was it was mm-hmm. uh, um, a fine thing that they were all kids because mm-hmm. they all had to grow. So there was conversation with adults, and it, I mean, there's several episodes where it's like, "Don't talk to strangers. Don't go places <laughs> right. where you don't want." To. But <laughs> well, they and had, Uncle Iroh, how much wisdom can like you you take from him in, in everyday oh, life? Dude. Mm-hmm. I, my favorite part for Iroh is when he is in prison. He, he was, takes it, out his <laughs> yeah, and he was all buff. He was working out, and he's acting like he's stupid, clapping and right. Crazy. He's just carrying around a pillow to make it look like he has a pot belly, but <laughs> he's, he's he's in, in shape. shape. He's fit. The mm-hmm. Order of the White Lotus. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many so many things that actually tied to real martial artists as far as martial artists having to learn from like Aang had to learn everything fire mm-hmm. water air well he already knew air but but earth bending but he had to go to different masters and that's what happened when weapons were outlawed and when you had to find a master it was just small little groups like two or three people training and then you go somewhere else the next night and you learn a little bit and for the whole purpose of defending yourself not mm-hmm. for rank not for anything else but some people stayed with the same masters but they'd send them out on a quest to go find this master or find a master of staff work and then come back and show me what you've learned and we'd apply it to to our style so it, in that way avatar had me hooked mm-hmm. from the very first episode plus the animals were really cute i know right uh, momo <laughs> momo uh, they had animals all these really all right. cute mixed up animals and they would come up with the neatest names for them mm-hmm. yeah so what else did you pull from avatar before we move to the next because we want to try to keep this moving we just want to hit on some of the mm-hmm. things that make these shows and, and tie them to actual martial arts but also what makes them fun and enjoyable mm-hmm. because i mean you can have several i mean i don't think baki the grappler is for everybody and has very strong ties to martial arts but I don't think everybody likes the, you know, somebody getting their arm broken or their cords cut and yeah. or cut like through their skin or stuff like that. But that is the actual side of martial arts that you don't see in movies. You see somebody get knocked out. Maybe if they get their arm broke, the arm bends a little bit, but they don't show the actuality of martial arts. Right. Well, what I liked a lot about the Avatar stuff is that it was based off of real martial arts. Like, for instance, waterbending was based off of Tai Chi. And for that, like, they focus on the alignment of the body of breathing, visualization, and less on strength. And then earthbending is basically, you can really see it. It's based off of rooted stances and powerful strikes. It's more choppy. Yeah, choppy movements. Well, compared to, for instance, something like like air, which is they show you that Aang is actually having a hard time trying to learn earthbending from Toph. Because with him, it's more about... Circular movements quickly. Aikido, yeah. yeah, for yeah, what they called it, it was um, bagua, also known as like circle walking. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know. For me, I I was able also to kind of relate. Hey, I think I am more of this style, and I could actually watch and see what they're doing. Like for instance, Toph has her specific type of earth bending. Hers is basically off of a southern praying mantis style, which is a type of kung fu, but with it you can see just specific styles and i don't know for me it was just really cool to be more like immersed in the world because yeah. you could actually discern okay. what what style you are what style are mm-hmm. you if if we're if we're going by the four nations i i would say fire because you spit hot fire on the mic <laughs> i was but, actually going yeah. to say fire was one of my they're very it's very strong powerful strikes but at the same time it's very acrobatic okay mm-hmm. i really love how they use their feet and their hands like but it's not overly like for me, like airbending would be overly acrobatic. No kidding. It seems like you waste a lot of energy in your movements. Yeah. So I I, I liked the fire, but I was actually going to ask that question of both of you guys too. What what so, what style would you go with? See, I think my style is more of an earthbender 
which is probably my least favorite. <laughs> I would rather be something like a fire bender or a water bender, just because I think it's elegant, but and it's more less on power, more on movement and directing, which is more efficient, I guess, for somebody who's my size. Yeah, I'd say a little bit of uh, uh, earth, but also I feel like the Soka's instructor or Sokka's instructor when he went to learn how to use the Tai Chi sword, mm-hmm. strategy, um, observing, taking in your surroundings, and then planning ahead, I think that would be one as well. So it's not technically a style, mm-hmm. but, I mean, it's still ingenuity because he brought a lot to the group. He was a, uh, the strategist just like his father was for the Army. So, so yeah, mm-hmm. that's where they I lie. would not have made it without him. No, because mm-hmm. Aang was emotional and scared. They were all emotional. Well, I mean, he was the way. youngest of the yeah. he was the youngest of the group yeah. by what two, three years. Yeah, he was like she. They were fifteen, and he was twelve, I think. Yeah. Well, what so. about Toph? I thought Toph she was, was younger. Oh yeah, she was, she was younger. younger, but yeah. She was so she was but, awesome. But mm-hmm. she she got to experience the world better than what the, I think she was within the group. She had a lot of clarity and wisdom because she couldn't see. So mm-hmm. everything she had to feel and she had to manipulate and she had to, you know, she didn't want her parents fight and she didn't want to be this dressed up princess. She wanted to live out in the world. And so she made things happen to her. So for, you know, Katara is the mom. Toph is more of the rationale because even <laughs> uh, Sokka was very crazy whenever things happened and nervous until he found his niche and mm-hmm. actually owned up to it. And then Zuko was just angry, just full of hate because his family, his dad disowned him and his mom died and blah, he blah, blah. He was trying so hard. Uh-huh. Yeah, he is trying. He got to succeed at it, buddy. <laughs> so, okay, and that was and so for Avatar. For those of you guys who don't know, it was on Nickelodeon mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. so like they had three or four books of Avatar. The chapters, the huge chapters. Uh, by I the end, three, isn't it? Three chapters, three or four. I thought it was four because they did one basic on each element. I thought they yeah, might they have. They might have. But like that. Yeah. you can find it in, at Walmart. You can go. I mean, you can find the D. I would buy the series and watch it because there's this growth of evolution for one, the group as a whole in the very first two chapters. Then individually, they all have to go on their own journeys where like by the end, Avatar or Aang and Zuko are working together, learning the actual ancient history of firebending and how how close airbending and firebending are really together. And, uh, of course, uh, Fire Lord Ozai is uh, the illustrious Mark Hamill. So, I mean, you got to listen right? to his voice. Oh, my word, yes. Uh, I was wondering if, was, if we were going to do the name drop there. No, I was because I love I mean, his reign, and, and not to, you know, pole jock, but, I mean, his reign <laughs> for his voice and his characters, you can hear a little bit of Joker, especially if you grew up with animated series on stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but the way that he emotes and the characters that he plays, even when he's doing stuff for like The Flash, I mean, it's just awesome. So that's, you know, I listen to to your voice act and stuff. And it's and nothing compared to Why would you put yourself down like that? Well, because we're p- comparing it to Mark Hamill. And I, I wasn't going like to compare it to Mark Hamill. I said you guys, you know, motivate me to do different oh, stuff okay. and take risks <laughs> because seeing where, where you're coming from and the work that you put into it and, you know, his theater background and l- learning about some of the stuff and actually getting to see him, I was like, it's like anything else, a lot of hard work. Um, but let, let's not digress. Let's move on. The next one that uh, Emily binge watched uh, that we all love. I started with Samurai X on VHS, oh, but yes. we're talking about Roroni Kenshin. Yes. So, Emily, you gave us the rundown for uh, the the Avatar, but Monica, do you want to give us a rundown for Roroni, or you want to give it to Emily? Let's let Emily. She binge watched for it. Okay. 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 Really? <laughs> I'll take right. over if you have any problems. But I mean. Yeah, you, you you put in the you work. Put in some work. I mean, for it. you did. You were watching everything. Like, oh yeah, when remember when Kenshin was eating that bowl of soup, and I was like, I don't what? remember that at all. I remember the fights, but I don't remember that. Do you remember at how all. you did the laundry? Exactly. Oh she's she's deep cut. I do remember though. Deep cuts, <laughs> that I folks. Do. So give us a little hit because for anybody that has watched Samurai X, you know, I mean, it's in the title, Samurai Swords, but Roni Kenshin. Nobody knew what a Ronin was or, like, what is a Roro Kenshin? And you hear all this stuff, like, back in the 90s when we're watching on Toonami. So, uh, and Emily, you're significantly old or younger than me and Monica. Monica's the oldest one here. But she she ages beautifully. She's almost <laughs> oh, now 40, he's sucking up. 40, 30. No, I'm joking. You're only, what, a year older than me? I don't even think that. Yeah, she's probably about a year old. I'm like when, 25. When she says that, then you know she's BSing. But Roroni Kenshin, Emily, let mm-hmm. us, let's go. All right. Well, Roroni Kenshin, well, it's about an old samurai. I guess. Well, he's 38. Well, I mean, back then, that's kind of old. Not compared to his master. 
Good point. <laughs> but anyways, he's a swordsman who fought in a gigantic like national war in Japan. And he basically gave up killing. And he wears a sword that has an opposite blade on it. So the blade isn't on... Um, it's on the back end, basically. And he vowed never to kill again. And he meets couple people along the way and people keep trying to get him back into being like the manslayer mm-hmm. so yeah so when i first saw roni kenshin uh, or samurai x he was a little boy uh riding with his family and they all got slaughtered what That's, or no it wasn't his family, his family no he but was an orphan he was an mm-hmm. orphan but i mean that was well, like, there was like his... three girls that were taking care of him he was sold yeah so that was his yeah. adopted you know family because they took care of him and then they got slaughtered and when I saw his master, I can't remember his master's his name. Is uh, 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 oh god, is it- I know I blank. But he's my favorite. Okay, I'll, I'll come back to that. Okay, come back there to was me. there was how many bandits? There like four or five. And they were getting ready to kill him after they had you know cut him down. So slashes on Hiko. the back. He goes Sajiro. There we go. The Thirteenth. And when he walks <laughs> oh, yeah. up, he would he looked like uh, Kinshiro, like big broad shoulders, and he only moves his hand from left to right like about three to five inches Blood and just everywhere. slaughters everybody. <laughs> and he took him in and trained him. And if you haven't seen Samurai X, you see him later in Roroni Kenshin when, when the Batosai or the ex Batosai, the manslayer, which is Kenshin, Hamura is trying to learn the final move so he can, he can better protect the his friend. The Amaterasu no Hiromeki. Yes. And what does that translate Bravo. to? Uh, something about the sun. I don't know what the translation is. VAs. Yeah, I mean, amateur wrestling, no hero making. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> but when we first start, he's just a Ronin wandering around, trying to live his life, trying to get away from war. Because as the, as the story progresses, government officials, even though the war is over, they still try to bring him in as um, a bodyguard or some kind of security or have his influence because he played such a big part and he killed so many people in the war. He was the man to go to during that time of war. So uh, when I watch. And I see that I'm, you know, we have a little bit of sword work in our style. We did some Aikido Jitsu, Aikido, and, you know, you interpret and you intercept things empty hand as if a sword is coming towards you. So you learn to move out of the way. There's a sense of, of danger. There's a sense of you have to get out of the way. And with Haruni Kenshin, it was about, again, like Emily said, the reverse the blade sword where it doesn't take life, but he can still injure. He, he does not kill anymore. So that was a fantastic aspect because when you're, practicing an art where you're avoiding a sword well what's the point of avoiding you know you're going to get mm-hmm. injuries you're going to get contusions or broken bone but Internal why is bleeding. yeah why is this so important to avoid a reverse blade sword and it wasn't necessarily the sword it was his application and his skill with the sword somebody that could kill but chose not to and that's the first lesson in martial arts you learn every technique that you learn is deadly um, it's used for lethal force, but you also get to discern and decide how you do it. So cherish life. And that's what his whole message was. He actually became um, kind of basically the janitor of a rundown <laughs> dojo yep. um, that was run by a family. And, and the, the father just died, so the daughter was taking care of it. And nobody respects a woman in a dojo, uh, you know, traditional ties. So they're trying to make this dojo run again and work. And they pick up, you know, different... Uh, uh, allies along the way because they really don't start taking classes there. They just Not are really. friends of, of Himura. They just live there. <laughs> yeah. So what did uh, when did you you saw this on Toonami yeah. as well? Yeah. I could pretty much recite that whole opening song they used to have come on with it. Do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I could. Um, yeah. I watched it on Toonami. Me and my sister both. We loved it. Um, I I remember being so sad when he left for Kyoto and getting so upset when he just would not be like I got real real irritated with the whole him not becoming Botosa again I was like this is ridiculous yeah yeah I know because everybody's trying to kill him and they're going to drastic lengths by kidnapping friends Mm -hmm. and murdering and everything else um, and you're like dude just kill him and he always he makes it he almost makes it to that point because his eyes gloss over Mm -hmm. and he's Shakes his hair, but... Well, and there's that... Uh, and they never animated... It was only in the manga, and they talked about it briefly in yes. the reflection. Where um, his brother-in-law, like, kidnaps Karu, which is the main girl, and, the, like, they they have a thing. Yeah. And, <laughs> this uh, is early on, too. Mm, this is after the show has has come on. It, yeah, like, early on in the manga, after oh, you leave that part. Yeah, and then he... Uh, the kidnapper... And he like we leave this live looking doll, so they think that she's just been killed and dead and like mutilated. 
and he just he kind of goes insane like like they can't reach him they can't talk to him they say that he visits he visit he visits the land of the dead mm-hmm. and then they're finally like no 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 she's alive and he still does not go batosa exactly yeah <laughs> on this little jerk <laughs> see i like how he struggles though mm-hmm. with the fact of hey i want to stick to my morals and and stick to my vow and say hey i'm not going to do this and i don't know just for me because i struggle with the whole someday if i do get attacked i may have to be in that situation so it's i guess beneficial for me just to see somebody go through that as well and see what he comes up with and on on top one part of that is um one of the hidden lessons i think you can get from the show is uh, kenshin left before his training was complete Mm -hmm. and so his mentality was not capable of handling what he was doing yeah whereas if he has stayed on he would have been able to learn. He would have been able to mature into into understanding more the, of what the, he was being taught. Art, yeah, more That's of true. what he was learning. He tended to be Shirugi style. The, the why he was art. learning that that blade style, and he would have he wouldn't have had to suffer. Yeah. True. But when so, is your training ever truly done? When you kill your master with a final technique. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what that was, was, was supposed to happen, but it And didn't. I had to yeah. fact check myself. It was not Amaterasu no Hiromeki. It was Emekakeru Ryo no Hiromeki, which okay. means Flash of the Heavenly Soaring Dragon. Yes, there we go. Because all of his it. stuff is dragon-based, which yeah. I love. Rawr. Dragons. So. That's why she has the tattoo in a place we cannot disclose on oh my public gosh. podcasting. Right. But, um, but yeah, I, I think going back to what you said, struggling with the life or death deal, he came from war a war-ridden land and i mean he was basically born into being a samurai everybody being around him killed you know and uh so for him it was how to back off and like monica said he didn't complete his training so he couldn't cope with the stuff that he was doing because it haunted him i mean he woke Mm -hmm. up in night sweats and everything else until the day he died and and then you know Again, this is why you don't fall in love. You fall in love, you oh get uh, scars on your face, you know. That don't heal until you forget about the past. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. That's that's logical. Absolutely. But um, with that, let's take a break, and we'll come right back, and we'll hit the other shows, and we'll try to compare them to real-life martial arts versus their anime counterparts. <laughs> There are hundreds of wandering swordsmen walking all over this world in need of shoes. They trek across the land in season after season montages with their shoes if they have any falling apart. Many fall to their knees in exhaustion. These men and women spend most of the time there around others and not aimlessly walking in the woods by themselves using the skills they've dedicated their lives to, helping the innocent, fighting bandits, and saving children. Yet many must make their own shoes out of straw. Donate today and support not only a swordsman's spirit, but their arches as well. Hey humans, this is Emily Stengel. And Elijah Bailey here from the Hoya the Warrior Way podcast. A martial arts podcast diving into the world of martial arts one kick at a time. The warrior mindset in a wild bunch way. To find us, you can go to... Our official Facebook page at Hoya the Warrior Way podcast or go to at Hoya Warrior Way on Twitter or Instagram. And you can always find us at www.blackandstudios.com where you can click on our link and have access to all our episodes. And uh, we're back, and I I don't I'm I'm in tears in shambles. So many samurai walk aimlessly and cannot afford a decent pair of uh, sandals, a piece of pair of shoes, and it's just it's something that plagues us all. So what you can do right now is reach deep down into your wallets, get your cards, go to www.blackandstudios.com and make a donation today towards a little bit of anime to help these samurai out. We promise that 0.01% of every penny will make it to them. Exactly. Um, and and let's, let's, let's move on. Uh, I just can't. I'm, I, I promised myself I wouldn't cry in front of women again, and it's, it's happened. He's bawling like a baby. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad you kept that clean because I was going to say something, but you cut me off. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> we, we talked about uh, Roni Kenshin, which is an all-time classic. We also hit one of the newer uh, anime, one of the newer 
comics, cartoons, uh, because I know Avatar has comics with it, but Avatar, The Last Airbender. Now we're going to hit on a classic that was back in the 1980s, Dragon Ball. Imagine that. I know. Didn't I mean, see that coming. Oh, I mean, gosh. You, you would have saw Dragon Ball coming out on the martial arts the, show. the intro and outro of our anime show. I mean, you hear it. And then the recaps. I mean, that's all Dragon Ball uh, theme. But... Um, <laughs> Do you want to take this one, or do you want me to go for it? Okay, so we're gonna we're going to we're not running out of time. This is a two part series, but I want to make sure that we get every, everything in that we want to. Dragon Ball follows the story of Son Goku, and he is a mysterious little monkey man. He has a tail. Nobody else on Earth has a tail, but he lives in this world of humanoid animal people. Because you have a wolf, you have a pig person, yeah. The dog, the president people. of the world, is a dog. It's really awkward when you it, think about it. It is, <laughs> but it's his story. Um, as a martial artist, he lived with his grandpa. Out, he was a, he's a mountain man or a mountain kid. His grandpa dies, and he's so naive to everything, he thinks his grandpa's spirit is trapped in a Dragon Ball. And the, the legend is, once you get all seven Dragon Balls, you can wish for whatever you want. And that kind of starts the journey because he runs into Bulma, who is a teenager uh, of hyper-intelligence. She's very, very smart, mm -hmm. but she's also very slutty. Too. She tries to use her butt and her boobs to get whatever she wants. But she's she offended oh when gosh. people think that she can. Yeah, exactly. And so it's this action, martial arts, comedy-based. Yamcha's um, actually like legit. a legit person. Yeah, he actually fights. He's a bandit for a while. He's, he's actually good at something. And there's this, uh, <laughs> we have this chat group uh, that talks about Dragon Ball Z. It's called the Sinzu Bean. And it's on, <laughs> it's on Twitter. And uh, one person put like a, a newspaper clipping of Yamcha's broken leg with Tien. It says, and then his career was over. <laughs> and this this was the cause of the defeat of Yamcha. He's like the Michael Jordan uh, of Dragon Ball. Yeah, he was like, I'm really good at this, but I'm gonna play baseball. Exactly. <laughs> and then, never mind. I want to come back, and yeah. no one would have him. <laughs> like, yeah, well, never I mean, mind. <laughs> he. I think he tried to take because Krillin's the only person, and this was the. If you guys listen to episode thirty three or thirty four of Krillin It podcast, which you will, I don't know why you won't. You know, I produce it. You know, me and Monica endorse it. So, I mean, what are you doing with your life? Uh, but you listen to that that show, and they talk about how uh, Krillin continued to train with Goku and Vegeta, and that's why he's at the top tier of the humans and Yamcha, you know, chase girls, want to be a baseball player for whatever reason. That's why he's he's. Uh, butcher the series that's why people don't want him around but i digress <laughs> you follow goku who is trained by uh multiple winner of the strongest under the heaven strongest under the sun tournament uh muten roshi or master roshi who you heard we had a sponsorship mm -hmm. uh in the very first episode um but he's i aced that schooling she did and she's been wearing two pieces ever since and how much are they if if you don't get accepted by the school, because Master Roshi has this two piece um, foundation, so any girls that meet the correct correct measurements can go get their two piece and work their way up to getting into the camp with Master Roshi. Mm -hmm. So so how much are they? Um, it's free if you meet the measurements. Oh, and it you is. You have to work for the measurements. The on... the puff puff <laughs> the puff puff measurements. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love uh, it. He 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 he's got magical like his, his special ability. Yeah, he can oh, he can tell your measurements just by touching you. Yes. and like he knows. So like you don't even have to take out the tape measure. He just yes. he's done right there. Just polish his head and and he'll do the rest. You for just you. put on your two piece and he he just you know checks to make sure you meet your measurements and then you're accepted in your school or you have to pay money to get to where you can be accepted into the school. And if you don't know any of the poses or the exercises, there's video workout videos that mm -hmm. have you watch. You'll input, you'll do those in lingerie out on his yes. private and island heels, and heels because that heels. helps your calves. Yes, private island. So mm -hmm. that's that's a plus. And then he's got magazines that illustrate what. What kind of poses, like, to, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you need to do to be successful. It, so. it, I think the boys have a completely different separate, you know, because the bodies are different, you have to train them differently. Exactly. So the boys have a completely separate training <laughs> regimen. It's usually out in the woods and involves some rocks. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's his and hers. Take your wife. You might, <laughs> she might not come back. She might come back with a <laughs> split wife, personality. Take your children. Exactly. I mean, Master it's Roshi. family friendly. Uh, it is. He keeps you, <laughs> you sleep in his bed. He has turtle rides. Exactly. They're free. Um, it's on a beach house. Oh, dude, so many good things. He's got the Bancho fan, which will blow all your clothes off if they're on fire. Uh, immediately put them out. He's got, uh, what's the tortoise that spins around? I can't remember that one. That's like the, the least, most impressive thing that he has since he's immortal. Right. But 
<laughs> yeah, the show goes, you follow Goku, and he learns martial arts. So when they're fighting, you actually see a roundhouse kick get blocked by a Tosan block. You see back fist, jabs, crosses. Even uh, they bring in Jenkin fist, which is rock, paper, scissors, which was actually used to um, hit and make contusions or vital organs or um, orifices. So they bring in a lot of actual martial arts into the show, which is pretty fantasy-based, like making wishes, animals that, that walk and talk and have jobs. Hair that um, turns yellow. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, not, not Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's trajectory. Yeah, yeah. It's going up. He gets there. He gets yeah. there. So uh, one of the first things that I thought about this show is, like, this was one of the very first um, non the, – the measurements, the, the drawings weren't accurate to the human – anatomy like fist of the north star he has the muscles the chest mm-hmm. uh deltoids um he kicks within a certain range some of the stuff is is you know, supernatural where he jumps extra high but goku was supposed to be 12 in the series and he looked like he was like seven right. seven or six but that can happen yeah but his arms are like a baby like fat yeah. pudgy baby arms so <laughs> yeah i mean i think the artwork started worse. out yeah krillin was worse and krillin I, I I always thought that he got molested by those monks. They bullied him, and I think he and, did. And that's I why think he that's left. What the six dots were so he'd always remember mm. which six monks. Oh, dude, I don't even. I'm I'm gonna let Emily take over because yeah. this is this is killing <laughs> me right now. Yeah, I only wa- not gonna lie, I only watched maybe one or two episodes of it. I'm sorry. No, now, you're right. That's fine. So when now you watched it after already being a martial artist, the few episodes you saw, right? Mm-hmm. Well. I, a long time ago, I saw, like, Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z when I was, like, elementary school. Mm-hmm. And then whenever we started talking about martial arts again, I tried to pick it up, but then I got kind of sidetracked by, like, Fate Stay Night. Yeah, yeah. So. I remember when I was watching, I had not done martial arts, really, at the time. Um, the only way for me to differentiate between styles was usually... Um, I mean, and not their special attacks, but the, their fighting styles. And maybe this question is good for Elijah, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, unlike Avatar, where it's very distinct, each style is very individual. In Dragon Ball, I had a harder time. The only way I was able to tell who was doing who was the color clothes they were wearing. Yeah, I mean, and that's a d- big deal, too. Whenever you had a school, you all, I mean, I mean you do the same thing now. Same insignia, same logo mm-hmm. on the back, on the chest, and you'd be able to discern mm-hmm. who was with who, what style is what style. So, now, I mean. were you able to differentiate the fights? without that like between the different kinds of martial arts that they were using or do you think that it just wasn't as designed no i think i was especially for the crane hermit versus the the turtle hermit Mm -hmm. they come from the same style master roshi and then the and master crane but one of them you could tell was a lot more loose based kung fu so the crane hermit took you know a lot of things that were very popular uh, they tried to take from Crane style because he was Crane, but most of it was loose base, um, kung fu, a little bit of tai chi, and then they had some some moves they made up for assassinary arts. Master Roshi, Mutu Roshi, was more hard style kung fu because you see Goku and Krillin hitting uh, tiger stances, mm-hmm. um, doing and, and most of it based around cats, even though they were turtles. Some of the stuff that was supposed to be the turtle was the unstoppable defense. You know, wearing the turtle shell. Building the body, something very solid, but you had, you know, panther stance, tiger stance. Um, I think at one point in time, Goku did a crane stance, but he just used it to, I think it was maybe Tien or Krillin, uh, kind of as uh, a taunt just to get him in. But, I mean, you can tell when you're watching, what was it, Yamcha had wolf fang fist. That's true. That is, I mean, there are, like, coyote um, style, wolf style I think that was just because they wanted somebody to do something with the wolf, but you could discern most of it. Some of it, uh, some of the Red Ribbon Army were just karate guys. Mm-hmm. Hard style Kyokushin Kai, hard style Goju. Um, anybody that was a kicker was Taekwondo, so you could see. But they really didn't play too much to it because it was the adventure, or the adventure with your friends. Mm-hmm. So something that you had to overcome. The, the style wasn't as important until you got to the World Martial Arts Tournament. And then they started making up styles like the Kami style, the God style, mm-hmm. and the, the Mechian <laughs> style. The Supreme Kami style. Exactly. Yeah, the divine, you know, <laughs> divine water, ultra divine water by Korin the cat. So. Oh, no, no. Oh, my goodness. What was, what what? was his name in the Poor? tower? Uh, yeah, Korin. Korin's tower, yeah. No, above him. Oh, Kami. Kami, Kami. and Popo. Kami, yeah. The they black had their guy. own styles too, and then we had the the actual Kami's King Kai, the Kai, the Kai styles. Yeah, the Kai's and Ultra Ultra Supreme Kai, and it keeps going on until mm-hmm. you get to where we are now with Beerus and Whis, the God of Destruction, and so on. 
Yeah, where they're just pretty much power leveling at this point. Yeah, exactly. But one thing that I did uh, like a lot is that you could you knew what the lessons were. Like when Goku made it to Corn's uh, Tower, which Indians lived under as, as a tribe, he was the ultra divine water was something sacred. They they held that if anybody could climb the tower, they would get a chance to go in, meet Master Corn. Uh, drink the water and if they survived they would come out strong but no human ever did it except for and this is going to suck but Yadrobe he tasted it so technically he drank it and he lived but Goku was the only one that actually drank it rolled around in agony and then became more powerful but I think it's because it's saying DNA but the things that they idolize and worship you can see those same things in reality um, having a sacred totem or a sacred tower or making it up to Kami's place and his his uh, deal was patience and how to anticipate where his opponent was going to be by training with Mr. Popo. Then overcoming his hate for King Piccolo because King Piccolo and Kami were the same person and actually learning how to be at peace and use the Kami techniques or the Namekian techniques. So it, it, there's a lot of strong ties to lessons that are taught in martial arts all the time in that show and that's what made me gravitate even more towards it because how could this country guy have no idea or concept of what a woman was but he was a he was a naturally talented fighter and everybody has you know their place you have krillin that comes from the monk it was harder for him to learn but he kept up with goku so you have your training partner somebody to consistently put you through whatever torture or whatever hell you're going through <laughs> but you make it out and you guys are stronger and then your master disguised himself as jackie chun to go into the tournament <laughs> just so you keep reaching higher goals and you don't think you're better than everybody. So, I, I mean, that aspect was was awesome of the show. Just pulling me in as a person, <laughs> and I would wear my weighted clothing. Didn't as you ask me that? a person and a martial artist. You, yeah. You wear your what? Weighted clothing. Did yes. you ask me that? Yeah. I, well, did we talk about that on, uh, on, this, on the show? No, I don't think so. Yeah, that's the only reason why, because I was like, that is a that's smart... That's a real thing to do. Yeah. I said, that's smart, and that was the first place I, I saw that was in, in the manga and in the anime. And I was like, well, why aren't you doing it? So I wore ankle weights for forever, 20-pound ankle weights, doing kicks and jump spinning kicks and running and everything else, and it improves your fast twitch muscle fiber recruitment, your your muscular strength, your endurance, um, not really flexibility or body your body composition changes with exercise but that's where i got it from you see i tried doing that because of like shows like that but i heard somewhere that um wearing ankle weights and stuff like that it i guess it messes with the align with your alignment or whatnot so i stopped doing it no it, i mean Gosh. it's anytime that you run on concrete which is man-made it's rough on your joint so the mm -hmm. deal is wearing ankle weights and running or doing kind of impact stuff is tough on your joints. But you got to think if you're doing that with weights and you're able to jump up and come down on your toes and cushion your the impact of your jump on the ground, then without those ankle weights, without that extra 40 pounds, it'll be easy for you. And it depends on what you're doing. It's sports specific. So for sedentary people, probably not the best thing to do. But for mm -hmm. uh, martial artists, I mean, everything is an advantage. But again, most stuff is written in books by those that don't want to try it or say, oh, well, this is, you know, we did this study with 10,000 people over the course of 15 years. This is what we got. Yes, but did you actually apply it to yourself? Because me being a kinesiologist, a lot of book stuff is good, but a lot of book knowledge doesn't do anything when you're trying to apply it to somebody that has two bullet wounds in one arm and has two bad knees, or you have somebody that's a genetic freak and can live, you know, a thousand pounds naturally and has no joint or mobility issues, no fibril tears. So what's the limit with that person? It's not generalized for everybody, but there are people that can do it. Dang, get me some of that DNA. <laughs> Go to Master Roshi's <laughs> House of Pain. Pain. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so what were your impressions of Dragon Ball um, just as a series overall? Because you only watched a couple episodes. So you watched the first two episodes where Goku's in the wood. He meets Bulma. Mm -hmm. and so I think it's like episode. I've also watched like just random episodes, at least from back way back when in elementary school. And I always remember that the fights were so terribly long, like a couple episodes long. I was just like. I love fighting and all, but that, that they, cannot be denied. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's like if you're new to, to Dragon Ball Z, watch the original because I mean there was something there was. It's just like a good joke. You have a joke and you have pauses. Those pauses build the anticipation and hit for the joke. Same thing with Dragon Ball Z. There was story to be told, but they couldn't tell it 
And again, sometimes it's money issues. So when your money runs down, you have your filler episodes. So Goku mm-hmm. and Frieza talk for a while and then funds pick back up. Now we have this ultimate fight scene that a lot of people really still enjoy and it hold, holds the test of time. So, I mean, it could be finances, uh, a little bit of that was building anticipation for the fight. Um, but I think it helped for me, I think it helped reflect on what was going on and the Dragon Ball Kai is cool. It keeps every, it expedites everything. So instead of 164 episodes, I think Dragon Ball is like down to like 76 episodes or 86 episodes. (laughs) But, um, it, I mean, it follows the trend of where Dragon Ball left off. I think they took away a lot of the training, which is what I really enjoyed from Dragon Ball. It's like, you get to see how they train. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not just, they're not Mm -hmm. just strong and just getting stronger. They spend day in and day out. Vegeta, Prince of All Saiyans, will spend day in and day out training Training. to get better. Yeah. Um, Goku trains on his way to Namek because that's the only thing he can do to save. Yeah. And he turns up the gravity in the, in the capsule he's in. And that's how he he trains against gravity because that's all he's got. He doesn't have a lot of room for weights. So Mm -hmm. he just, but he's training every day. A lot of the filler episodes are, you know, really great. Not e- you know, even when they're not training in martial arts, I remember there's still an episode where Piccolo and Goku have to go train to drive a car. So yeah, and that by far, by some of these uh, show episodes that aren't as well, those are still some of the best ones because my favorite line from that is like, he's like, "Where'd you get those clothes?" And Piccolo goes, "From your wife." <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> he just owned you. But I mean, it's it's that stuff that you have to see that Goku is in outer space and he's training in a capsule and he he gets his rest. But the majority of the time we see him training. So when time is not really relative and you're just in space where it's vast and you're training until you get to a certain point, how much time is he putting into his training? So it gives you some perspective of how much hard work. Cause I remember watching, I was like, Oh man, he only has five days to get there. And you're watching the show. Remembering he has five days, five days to train and eat a sensu bean and then power back, power mm-hmm. up to be stronger than whatever he gets there. And each day, I mean, it's not five days, like 10 or 15 episodes, but <laughs> Vegeta's on the planet. He just defeated him. Is he an ally or foe? Then the, the Ginyu squad. Then you have Frieza and his minions. So he has like this whole world full of uh, missions to complete. Is he going to be strong enough to do it? And how strong is he going to be? So. And he still has to recover in between each one. Yeah. And, you know, they don't, they don't show a lot of or hide a lot. They sweat. All the time, yeah. like Dragon yep. Ball Z, reality. they are sweating. Like yeah. it is, it's hard work, even for these people who are at their peak of physical condition. Mm-hmm. Makes so. us feel better too. Mm-hmm. So, as uh, as a martial arts anime for Roni Kenshin, Dragon Ball series, Dragon Ball Z, whichever one you want to pick from, and then Avatar: The Last Airbender. For me, I feel like Avatar was the most accurately represented but without mm-hmm. dragon ball and Roroni kenshin we wouldn't have got to this place i think it still wouldn't animation wouldn't be taken seriously um what i did a lot of thought on it and like, i'm really glad that we got these three in because yeah. i would say as far as styles go avatar is definitely the most representative as far as uh like the spirit goes dragon ball z is all mm-hmm. about the fighter spirit yeah. as far as like uh the lifestyle, mm-hmm. Roni Kenshin is all about the lifestyle of like the martial artists and like the like the different approaches they have. So, like those three really kind of encompass, in my feelings, the 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 entirety of what makes a martial artist a martial artist. Yeah. What about you, Emily? For me, I think things like I'm re- I'm very appreciative that we have things like Avatar because I know even when I was growing up watching Avatar. I, Shows my age a little bit here. For me to sing the different styles kind of encouraged me, like, I want to go do this. I want to go do this. And it'll help bring up more, I guess, future martial artists, get them more exposed to it and what it's all about. And that is part one of our two-part crossover series for... Uh, a little bit anime. Yeah, that's what I was waiting for. That's why I said, uh. So. <laughs> and then Hoya. The Warrior Way Podcast. So I'm Elijah Bailey. This is Monica Robinson. And Emily Stengel. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will be back in two weeks with part two to discuss some more animated uh, cartoon episodes, dialogue, episodic martial arts uh, stuff. So (laughs) we will be, what was that? I just had something in my throat. (laughs) Uh, Master Roshi. (laughs) All right, see you guys around.